Hey everyone, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. This week, we are covering the week ending Friday, October 8th, 2021. Again, the reason why I like to say the, the date at the beginning of the podcast is we can timestamp all of the new movies that me, Eric Holmes, and Bruce Perky are covering this week. So that's going to be, that's one thing that we're going to do, but there's, we have so many things, really cool things to cover. I don't even know where to begin. We have three movies we're going to be talking about, three featured reviews. Bruce Perky had a little bit of a smile. Bruce, what was that smile about? What were you thinking when I said we had a lot of things to cover? Why don't you, why don't you just get that bat and knock one out of the plate for us? What, oh, what's one of the oh, things? Oh gosh. I, okay. Wait, <laughs> I, I, I'm um, going to put everyone on the spot this week for the, for the heck of it. What do you think? Well, I'm going to leave one thing for I'm going to leave one thing for you or Eric because Eric was mostly responsible for it. I just slightly suggested it. I say I, we are going to change a little bit our spotlight, our director's spotlight, and I think we'll talk about the very end of the episode what we're going to do with it. But we are changing it just slightly to make it a little more streamlined, and it should be a lot of fun. Oh, okay, little tease. Uh, Eric, do you want to take something off the plate, uh, out of uh, the intro plate? Anything you want to talk about? Before we yes. get into a couple of, yes, sir. Let's, let's um, wait, wait, which thing? Cause I got two of them. Look, t- take the one that you, you want more. T- take the one that you want out in the front more, Eric. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess we'll start with the thing that uh, people probably noticed by the time they're seeing this, but we have a new logo. The The old one was uh, done by uh, our old uh, podcast mate, Louis LaCow. And yeah. uh, we just decided it's time for a change. We have a new logo and a new Facebook banner. And I got to say, it looks pretty sweet. Made How did you get that done? How did you get that done, Eric? You know, this is the one thing I love about Bruce and Eric. Just like I'm talking, like I, I'm, I'm mentioning it to you listeners and they're here in the room with me. I actually said, hey, maybe I'm thinking about changing the podcast logo. And I just threw it out in the air to Bruce and Eric to just marinate on this. And this is something when I say this, I was thinking, oh, we'll get it done maybe four or five months down the line. But no, Eric. Eric on the horn, Holmes, what the heck did you do? As soon as I put this feeble idea into existence, you created, you crafted something else. What did you, what the heck did you do? Well, we were talking on the messenger and Bruce suggested a person that we've talked to. And at this point, I, I figured we could just call him a friend of the show, but uh, Juan Diego Escobar Alzante, because he does graphic design, which uh, Greg, I believe you have a, a email for anyone looking for a graphic design, but I'll, oh, yeah, I'll the, go ahead and finish the story. So I was like, wow, that's also directed this movie yes. if, for our YouTube listeners lose the flower of evil and oh bruce perky has one shirt and eric i did not follow suit i have i'm in black i am sorry one yeah oh you can go change real quick it's cool in front uh, of us make sure you change in front of us slowly that's what we require that is more horrific than anything you're going to see on this on uh vhs 94 so i'm not going to do that but go ahead eric yes but yeah uh bruce suggested it on the on the messenger and i was like oh fuck why didn't i think of that I'll, i'll hit him up and i did and uh he was really receptive to it. He's like, what, what do you want? And I was like, well, we're doing a film podcast with something involving, you know, film, both, you know, represents both classic and contemporary film and something that, you know, cause he's got a really cool style. So I wanted some, you know, I wanted his own kind of uh, stamp on it and his own kind of style. And boy, did he come through in that thing. That thing just looks freaking awesome. I, I yep. couldn't be happier with, and he was like, yeah, give me about an hour. I'll come up with something. I'm like, uh, what? And then like an hour later, I'm at work and I get a, I get a message from him. He's like, how's this look? I'm like, fucking sweet is what it looks like. It looks amazing. <laughs> amazing. First of all, Bruce, I don't even know how to describe it, but I think if you look at our podcast logo and maybe you too, Eric, it can qu- kind of tie into 
just the imagery behind lose the flower of evil just the podcast cover the the idea about nature and i don't know there's did you guys what did you guys think of of, of the cover overall which i'm going to upload after we record this oh i i was over the moon about it uh i'll i'll, I'll let bruce go but i Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I love it too. I, I think what I really like about it is I think that if you look at the, um, the old one we had, and also if you look at like cinematics or you look at the film vault, which you all kind of birthed out of, they're, they're slick and they look really good. This one is slick, but it's more, I feel like kind of fits our aesthetic. We're kind of a hodgepodge of tastes and we have classic and we have pulp and we have horror and we have a little bit of, you know, cult. So I think it really kind of, it feels like that. And it's like, I think he taps into kind of our style as well. So I, I love it. Yeah. yeah. And all, also for the banner, cause he gave us a, uh, he gave us uh, two of them. He gave us like the, the regular one, which I figure we'll put the regular one up first okay. for, for a week, but then he gave us a horror variant. And I think after the first week, we'll put up the, the horror one for the rest of October, I think would be a good idea. And, 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 and just the way he has it kind of lends itself to like, um, you can take the logo and kind of do like like oh Valentine's Day is coming up. Let's do a bunch of you know romantic comedies or you know it, it, it kind of lends itself to that. So I'm I'm real excited to you know see how see how we can play with it in the future. Eric, regarding Juan's uh, horror banner that he put up, I, I don't know if we should put up put it up on Facebook because I know you and Bruce personally, you guys aren't big horror fans for this month, right? You guys are not looking forward whatsoever. I mean, I think after we recorded the show, you guys were bemoaning the fact that. We don't cover more, like you said, Eric, rom-coms. Like, why do we have to always cover horror? And you started yelling at me, Eric. And Bruce, you said, yes, let's see more. Why Why haven't we done When Harry Met Sally? Can you guys talk about, should we, Bruce, should we put up the horror banner this month? Is it necessary? What, well, we good cop, bad copped it. He yelled at you and I tried to romance you. And, and between the two of us, <laughs> we almost convinced you. Well, in truth, in truth for this podcast, for the purposes of this podcast and our previous podcast, Movie Mainline, Eric and Bruce has really helped me getting to the whole Jalo cinema and a lot of, I don't even think that Luz has, do you think Luz has a little bit of Jalo elements to it regarding the visual compositions or do you, do you guys feel it's a little bit of a hodgepodge? You know, I think it's, it's very Malik in its, in its scope as well. It's philosophical scope. It has so many different things to it. Don't you guys think? Yeah. I mean, it, de- it definitely has like elements of it, but probably more like a, a horror or what's a, like, like folk horror, Western, that, that sort of thing. And of course the Jodorowsky. Yeah. Jodorowsky. My brain doesn't work. I don't know if you've been listening to the podcast, but my brain doesn't work sometimes. <laughs> and it's also a little bit of a dissertation on faith and a whole bunch of other things. There's yeah. lose the flower of evil available on Blu-ray DVD. Also available if you have Shutter. We're going to be t- talking about Shutter a little bit today as well. It's also streaming on oh, Shutter. Yes, but, sir. Uh, Greg, if you have the show notes pulled up, we should give out his address or his uh, email address for anyone looking for a, uh, maybe you want a logo done or maybe you just want some graphic design done because he does quite good work, as okay. you can see. Not not only on our logo, but like his his own artwork for uh, Lose a Flower of Evil. Yes, and you can you can reach Juan Diego Escobar Alzate. Excuse me, Eric. Sorry about that. Over at email him for graphic design work over at aphasiafilms at gmail.com. We will put that in our show notes. Aphasia Films is A-F-A-S-I-A. Films, all one word again. A-F-A-S-I-A films, all one word at gmail.com. He is a very talented filmmaker, graphic artist, artist in general creator very we, you know what it's it's so interesting about with find your film bruce was talking about our hodgepodge and our aesthetic one of the things that we like to latch on to 
is we all have our films that we love biasly, unabashedly. And one of the cool things that's come out of this, Eric was talking about how Juan's become a friend of the show. He, you know, he's pretty much a friend, period. And it all started off with Eric's own unabashed love for Lose the Flower of Evil. He could, he would not thankfully shut up about how much he loved this movie. Eventually, Bruce and I latched onto it as well. And we ended up really enjoying it too. I think the best thing that I think the best compliment actually didn't come from Eric. It came from Bruce. Bruce saw it the first time. He liked it. He didn't love it. He saw it a second time. It washed over him in a, in a much deeper fashion. So I think this is a very interesting movie. Thank you, Juan, for the logo. We will be linking all of Juan's stuff on every, the, the logo looks so awesome. Thank you. And we're going to be linking all of his stuff in our show notes moving forward. Now, speaking of hodgepodge, Bruce and Eric, Eric was asking me, what is Fandor? F-A-N-D-O-R.com. Yes, yes, Greg. What is Fandor? Yeah, very good. Here's another plug, little little half plug. There's a lot of streaming services out there. There's just too many options. For some reason, when I saw on, on my email that Fandor is actually relaunching its streaming service, I remember checking out this app and thinking, wow, this has a really interesting, interesting sort of collection. They have new movies. They have different movies by film, like film noirs, movies by Jacques Turner. This is a very interesting collection. And yeah, and then the fact that I saw that it was relaunching, I went to the website and they had an accompanying, kind of like how Criterion Channel does, they have an accompanying website, which talks about the movies that are spotlighted on the channel. And it all, they, and they also have a separate podcast. And I listened to the podcast, the Fandor podcast, and I liked it. So it, it's a really nice, Bruce, by the way, my new word now for our podcast universe is I like ecosystem. I don't know. If I, if I go past my 500 ecosystem words, I might replace it over caveat. I, please, please find me if I go over 500 times mentioning ecosystem. I'm already two words into the 500 this month. So please keep track of that, Bruce Perky. But no, Fandor, I, I reached out to the reps. I said, please, can you give us a comp? And they gave me a media comp. And every single week, I'm going to spotlight moving forward a film that is streaming on Fandor. Here's the good news. It's $4.99 per month for the premium service. But like Tubi and other services, it is free with ads. So I'm look, I'm going to actually check out the selections they have over at Fandor moving forward. And hopefully, listeners, this will be a streaming service. Whether you pay for the premium service or check it out for free, this might be a value-added service for you. I'm sure Bruce and Eric will check it out as well, and they will give you their honest opinion on the service. I'm just glad, Eric, you were not able to see this. I told Bruce the reason why. Fandor ultimately won me over. I'm not going to have a pick. I'll have a pick next week. They won me over because they had the Jack Turner film. What What is it? Night of the Demon or Curse of the Demon or both? Which do you go by, Bruce? Curse or Night um, of the I'm trying to remember which one's the British one. I can never keep them straight. <laughs> Whichever yeah, one's the longer version. <laughs> I oh, like right. that one's better one. Right. It's so funny because if I remember for, let's just call it Curse of the Demon. We did a, a previous Find Your Film director spotlight on Jack Turner and we covered specifically Curse of the Demon. And I don't know, it's so funny that we really didn't want to spoil what the, if I recall what the demon looked like towards the end of the movie. And here on Fandor, you you have the little screening option and it shows the big demon right up front. Not, it doesn't have Dana Andrews or his co-star, you know, it just has a big fat picture of the demon. (laughs) So any streaming service that that prominently displays the demon uh, of that Jack Turner film, I love. So I will give you guys reports next week regarding Fandor. And before anything else, before we go to our featured reviews, I also want to say before, after we reported last week, Bruce and I and, and Eric, we talked about not just the logo, but one of the things we want to really focus on on Find Your Film is also not just the streaming services, but physical media, Blu-rays and DVDs that are coming out. 
because all of us are physical media collectors. Bruce, do you think that's a good idea as far as just expanding our coverage, not just covering the movies that are coming out this specific week? Yes, I think it's a great idea. It'll help me because I'm using them right now to like hold up my webcam. And if it starts (laughs) to fall, I might need a couple more physical medias to do that. But uh, yeah, I love it. Okay, yeah. So you know what? Right now it's a little bit formless, but I think one of these things, one of my recommend, I'm going to mention a, a, a Blu-ray or DVD that's coming out after we do the main featured reviews next week. And, you know, I'll be, I'll, I'll also be posting a little bit more, more interviews for our Find Your Film podcast feed, feed, which you guys didn't know about, because I actually interviewed the director of Fried Berry, Ryan Kruger. And after oh, nice. I put this <laughs> podcast up, I am going to put up my full interview with Fried Berry filmmaker, writer, Ryan Kruger, and I'm going to mention him on this podcast as well. I listened to our review of Fried Berry. I was in shock. I listened to it, and Bruce, you recommended the movie. Do you remember what you said about it? I, I remember I, I thought it was a little too frantic or something. I can't remember. Yes, you specifically said you recommend it, but it is a middle-of-the-road film for you. Okay? Yeah, I, middle yeah, of the road. Yeah. It didn't hit me as much as I wanted it to hit me. I, I remember loving it, and I said, yes, I love I I flipped for Fried Berry. I loved it. And Eric had the most interesting review. Eric, do you kind of remember you said there are parts of it that you just checked out on and then it pulled you back in and you had this very conflicting emotions regarding whether to absolutely really love fried berry or just absolutely not like fried berry. So you were kind of um, a little bit teetering. Do you know, do you remember a little bit of that review or your thoughts or have your, your thoughts changed? If you kind of remember that guy, you know, the guy and kind of great or not. I'm, I'm going to cut that. I'm going to cut Greg, that. I'm going to cut. I, uh, I said a spoiler, folks. I'm going to cut it on the edits. So, what, what, yeah, do you remember a little bit? Fried berry, a little bit, kind of, sort of? Greg, I, I don't guess. remember what I did 10 minutes ago. Oh, That's honest. I do remember liking it. And I think we also did, uh, I think that week, because that was the week yes. we did. Benny mm-hmm. loves you. Benny loves and you. Very good. I, I think I think Benny loves you kind of took all the air out of the room that, that particular week. In a good but, way, right? Uh, because we loved it so much. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Fried Berry is definitely good, but it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of, I th- I think if it came out like on, on the week that we did, uh, say, uh, Tesla, Tesla, like if, if, oh, if we did the week we did Tesla, it'd be like, Fried Berry's the greatest movie in the whole but, wide yeah. world. I think it, we, it, it, it's a weird movie, but I, I think it's definitely worth watching. I think we all agreed that we were, we were really interested in seeing what else this director does, though. Oh, I think we all that. agreed that, that we, we, we saw, we saw a, a strange and original style coming out of that director for sure. And the fact that it's called the Ryan Kruger thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you remember that you said that on the podcast, you remember that Eric Holmes and also very quickly, Eric, you're going to eventually make a movie yourself. You have a script, you're working on it. You're actually going, you're actually uh, into the process of directing your own film. What you're going to find this interesting on the interview, which I'm going to release on Friday. Kruger talked about when, what actually inspired him to make fried berry. He had some kind of kidney infection. He had sepsis. He had, an operation on his kidney. It was a life or death situation. His girlfriend left him. His, I, I believe his cat got cancer all around the same time. And within that, within that time span, he just decided, F it. I'm just going to go for it. And I'm going to make my movie no matter what. A lot of people, I told them in the interview, I would have checked out. I would have just succumbed and I would have just surrendered, waved the white flag and just buried That, that actually me. explains quite a bit of that movie, actually. Oh, right? Right. Yes. You're saying that. I'm like, yep, that, that checks out. That checks out. (laughs) (laughs) That definitely checks out regarding fried bear. So you guys will be able to listen to that in on our later this week on Friday, but before let's, before we get to the Ryan and all that other stuff and logos and all that, let's get to the meat of the move, the whole podcast. We're covering 
three movies this week. These movies are now, if you're looking at our deepest dream YouTube channel, which houses the video podcast of video version of this podcast, you will see that Eric Holmes is named V Holmes six, nine. That is an allusion to one of the films that we're covering. Very good. Eric always going to bring that, that magic number on our podcast, every single episode. VHS 94, that's one of the films we're going to cover. We're also going to cover a documentary called Jacinta. And Bruce, what is that? B-L-I-P-6-5. What is that? What is that? B-L-P-6-5. That sounds like a code. I, I, I didn't get it. What is it, Bruce? Well, it's just my initials and I was born in 65. So. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Oh, you were born. So, <laughs> now I know. I'm I'm 71. What, what year were you born? Oh, and you were, were you born in 69? Summer 69. No, I, was born in, I was born in 77, but fuck you. Yeah, I was born in 69. <laughs> I'll just start telling people that. Very good. Again, VHS 94 currently streaming on Shutter. We're, co- we're going to cover that first. And then after that, we're going to have a documentary called Jacinta. And then finally, we're going to wrap up our featured reviews with a movie called Mass, M A S S. Then we're going to go to a bunch of reviews and close out with what's in the box. First off, we are recording this podcast late because my fault. I requested a screener for Eric Holmes for VHS 94 last week. And I think this was the second time I gave the publicist the wrong email for Eric. I misspelled it. Eric was a little bit late in watching it. He just finished it He under the gun right after hard days of work. Congrats, kudos, Eric, to actually watching VHS 94. Bruce, I don't even know how to even start. It's just a anthology series how do you do you want to actually explain what it's kind of about is it i haven't seen the previous maybe three versions like vhs and uh what a vhs curse whatever that is so what what can we say about it just like an anthology series Uh, yeah i mean well the series is always based on kind of supposedly found footage vhs tapes of some horrific event and that's kind of the basis of the anthology and they all have some wraparound story that kind of ties them together and they've had various really good entries as far as like individual episodes in them i i feel like this one may be the strongest if not the second strongest of the entire series but yeah we can talk a little more specifically about the specific stories in here and and why we like them or don't like them but really that's all you got to know it's a it's a halloween horror based on the year 94 and vhs tapes or something that are found well before we get into the meat of it why bruce why did you think it was the best out of the four i just think it's the most consistent you know how any anthology is it's always like oh that's the best one or that's and you always have your favorites but the i don't know the quality or the enjoyment can really be very uneven even in most anthologies i think and i think this one's pretty consistently fun i think uh, that's my take on it, I guess, out of the gate. Well, out of the gate, there's a couple of directors from the franchise who are returning. Simon Barrett returns as one of the directors of the segments. And then also Timo, I'm going to mispronounce his name. Can you, I don't know if you guys can do it. Timo Tijanjato. And he's he's best known for the movie May the Devil Take You To, or a movie that I really love. I'm sure you guys love as well, called The Night Comes For Us. He has, he, He's back for this one as well. I don't know. It starts off with a raid from a police SWAT team and they, they raid a remote warehouse and this remote warehouse serves as a place that has a bunch of VHS tapes. So that's where the movie starts. It's a raid, a police SWAT raid. And then ultimately this police SWAT team there, they serve as sort of in a way, the Rod Serlings. They're, they're, they're the, they're the ones that tie all the stories together in the present day. 
And the rest, like Bruce was saying, the, the rest leads us to these anthology segments, which are essentially VHS tapes. They're grainy. There's the, the, the really staticky grain to them. They're, it gets a little bit, it's sometimes a lot of times it's not clear. Eric, you have the freshest take on this movie within like maybe the last half hour. Your overall thoughts on VHS 94. I, I really like this a lot. I, I liked how I, I've mentioned the uh, the film series, August Underground. It has that look to it. I could be wrong. It looks like it's shot on VHS. I, I, I don't, I mean, they could have shot it like, uh, like uh, HD and then, you know, added the filters and stuff, but it looked like it was actually shot on VHS, just the frame rate and everything. And it, it has that, I mean, I'm sure there's some filters and stuff on it, but it, it, it has that, it has that same look that the August underground does. So the gore effects really stand out. Because it, at least for me, when I'm 10 minutes into it, I'm kind of lost in it. And then when someone's, you know, head blows up or something, or, you know, someone gets impaled or, you know, <laughs> any number of uh, gory things happen, I'm like, oh, shit, they really did that. Oh, no, this is a movie. This is a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked how all the stories tied together. Uh, I'm not, I, I'm familiar with other VHSs, but I haven't seen them. But uh, yeah, this one had a, some really cool stories and they all kind of gelled together. Like Bruce was saying, they're all consistent. And I thought they gelled together pretty good. Almost like it almost felt like the uh, the writers of the different segments got together and go, okay, what's the rules of this particular world? And then they all decided to kind of uh, follow that. Yeah, um, it didn't feel like a your turn, my turn kind of movie, right? It just felt very... yeah. Yeah, yeah, it just felt like it felt like uh, one continuing story, but like with, you know, same story, but from different points of view, from different groups of characters. The middle one with the uh, the robot monster thing. Yes, that's the Timo's film. It's called it's a segment called The Subject. Yes, that that one was freaking awesome. Uh, that that had like I kept getting uh, little notes of like uh, the Mary Shelley book, Frankenstein. There, there was some of that in there. Uh, there was a little bit of uh, Harlan Ellison's "I Have No Mouth and Must Scream." Not so much, not so much in the story, but the idea of like uh, when they find the other robots, and there are some that are like you can tell that they're kind of put to where they can live forever, but they can't move or do anything, and they're just like, just fucking kill me, just fucking kill me. I'm like, I just totally felt that. And then the the final story with the uh, with the rednecks. <laughs> That was hilarious. That 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 was a, a good example of like there's nothing there's like there's nothing real specific that they say that was funny to me. It's just the way they act towards each other and like kind of uh you know how some comedians like the the joke's not funny, but it's the way they say it that's funny. They're like there's a lot of that in the last one. Was it the one at the uh, funeral home? That one was really the empty wake. Kind of, yeah, that that one was kind of quiet until the very end. And, you know, and so that had a little different flavor than the rest of them, but it, it still kind of maintained the kind of atmosphere and kind of storyline. And yeah, this was pretty good. I'm going to have to check the rest of them out. Bruce, Eric was mentioning the subject directed by Timo. I'm not going to pronounce the name again to John Janto. And you were mentioning in our messenger that about how Indonesian horror is really big these days. And I just remember, I loved Timo's The Night Comes For Us. The thing I loved about the subject, which is essentially... It's, I think, a scientist or inventor. He's trying to merge, like Eric was saying, humans and robots together. You think it's okay. So then you have this uh, police unit or whatever come in and there's a, some kind of skirmish. You think it's going to be 
it's going to play in one linear fashion, but the subject itself is, it's very layered is, and you, you talked about watching it again with your son. Is that why you loved it? Because there's so many things that happen in the short. Well, I, yeah, I, I, that is part of why I loved it. I loved it partly because of the, it just has that mad scientist thing going on in the first half. And, it, you know, also shades, we didn't mention shades of Robocop, the beginning of Robocop. There's a lot of that in there too. And I've always been a sucker for like the old sci-fi mad scientist kind of stuff. But then when it switches to part two, which I guess we can kind of leave a secret because part two is so fun when it actually switches gears and goes into a next level, becomes a a little bit of a different kind of thing. Very gory though. (laughs) Yeah, I I really enjoyed that. And like I said, uh, Indonesian horror has really been making a name for itself, especially with the the remake of Satan's Slaves that came out recently in Pedagore, which came out. There's been a bunch of good stuff coming out. So keep an eye on it. Another short I really love, I believe it's the opener, if we don't count the police one in the beginning, is Storm Drain. Storm Drain deals with a possible, <laughs> there might be, what is, what do they call, is that a rat man or is it a rat man? <laughs> is it is a creature? There's someone, maybe there might be a creature or a monster that lives somewhere amidst the storm drain, storm drain of an undisclosed city. Anchoring this is a, just an, a field reporter, a, a female field reporter with a lot of moxie and a lot of guts. And of course, since it's VHS, VHS 94, the other person who's helping her investigate is the cameraman who is, who is recording via VHS tape this possible encounter with Ratma. Eric, you, you chuckled. What did you think of Storm Drain? I was terrified at one moment. I was terrified and I laughed. It's one of those, these things within five minutes. That's a, that's a really big credit to, to, to a short for doing that. Well, I actually had two things. First of all, they had a uh, they had a commercial for Veggie Smasher, which I was <laughs> thing is so stupid, but I loved it. Um, but the but the tag at the end of that first one, I, I don't want to give away even what it is. You'll know it when you see it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> did I now? Did you see? What I mentioned uh, Eric that that little that little mini commercial in there that um, Veggie Smasher is made by um, Stephen Kostansky. From PG Psycho oh. Gorman, yeah. Oh, oh shit, <laughs> that that totally makes sense. Huh? So that's yeah, because like I saw that and I was thing. like, I, I was like, there was going to be like a baby or a hand or something that gets caught in that. Um, that that would be my only <laughs> really uh, drawback of the movie. Probably, probably could have used more veggie smash. <laughs> <laughs> you, speaking, of, okay, you were joking about the drawback, but for VHS ninety four, I wanted to hear you got you guys uh, talk about this after watching Storm Drain. The one thing I wanted was more of Storm Drain. I wanted to see a 90-minute film on Storm Drain. And to be honest, even we mentioned a little bit about The Empty Wake, which is a little bit more atmospheric until it's not atmospheric. Did you guys feel that way, that each what makes it so strong is these shorts could have been extrapolated into a feature length, guys? Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and again, they they work as a they work as a whole, but I mean... Yeah, if you want to uh, stretch out Veggie Smasher into a feature-length movie, I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> I want I want it very funny. I want I want some Ratma. I want to hear more about these combos of these robots and these humans and all that torture. And then I want to hear. Well, I'm not going to mention a couple of the other just creatures who might populate VHS 94 because that would be a big spoiler. But Eric mentioned a few of these very not these uh militant you mentioned rednecks these militant folk who that that's that closes out the anthology and that's also strong i think pretty much i don't know bruce 
pretty much all of them were different levels of awesomeness. I, I thought all of them were pretty solid, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's the key. Um, I think that you'll everyone will have a favorite, but I don't think any of them are bad. I think all of them are honestly good to great. Yeah, and that's that's more than you could ask for for most you know Halloween anthologies. Good to great. That's what Bruce says. Eric, you co-sign on this. Good to great on all of these uh, these segments for BHS yes. 94. I co-sign in blood. You co-sign <laughs> in blood. Are you glad that you actually waited till the midnight hour and my fault again to watch it? Because we actually, was it worth just jumping, the you know, just going for it right now? Just watch yeah. it? Oh, also we should probably mention because the, the version we had didn't have the, the titles and the credits on it. So we got our version might be a little different than what's released on shutter and that said that just gives me an excuse to watch it again <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this, i think this has replay rewatchability factors so that's yeah very cool very cool so that is vhs 94 bruce says bruce perky says it's the best out of the lot i don't know i haven't seen the, the previous three films do you have is it the best out of the lot eric holmes oh i haven't seen the other ones oh no I'm, I'm i'm familiar with them but i i haven't seen them the only thing i'll mention from the other ones is no matter what if you go check the other ones out start with vhs the second one and watch the segment called safe haven safe haven that's probably the best of the entire series Oh, okay. Safe Haven. All right. Very, very interesting. Even better than the subject. I was, I think the subject is some of the stuff, best stuff I've seen all year. So I'm excited to see Safe Haven, Bruce. Very good recommendation on that. Our second film this week is Jacinta. It's a documentary and it says, quote, a gripping chronicle of love, family and addiction premieres October 8th on Hulu. It's a, in partnership with ABC News. And that's it. When you're an infant and you cry, your mom picks you up and comforts you. When I was an infant, my mom cried. She picked me up for comfort. My mother, she always dressed so fancy and her hair was always done. I wanted to be like her. My first time being incarcerated, I was 15 and there hasn't been many breaks. What are you doing, Mom? I don't want to get caught at your window. I love you, Mom. I love you, Jacinta. My mother has another three years. There's really no way to prepare for leaving her. I wish she could just stay here. I feel guilty, but I miss my daughter. Last thing I said to Kaylin is, I promise you I'll be back for you. Ten years later, my kid's still there. All we can do is hope that ends. Let's just move on with our So I lived like in a lot of shame and guilt and resentment. Living in all that, you can never move forward. I really, really want to get high right now. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm never gonna be a mom. Yeah, the absolute right to remain son. My addiction is way stronger than I am. When I would look at myself, I would literally see her. She's my mom, and I want to believe that she's going to get better. So I love you yesterday, tomorrow, and today. Family together at heart. Even in distance, never apart. I just want this to be the last time.
Jacinta, she's the main person. She's 26. The movie, the not the movie, the documentary starts with her at the main correctional center. She's, she is serving out her time. I believe she's in jail for about eight months, eight or nine months. Here's the catch, though. Along with her in this jail is her mother, Rosemary, who is 46. They are, they are in jail together. And like the card counter, which we reviewed several weeks ago, for some reason, they both seem very comfortable in jail. And one of the reasons why is both of them have had their trials with drug addiction and crime that, is, that springs out of drug addiction as well. We get to actually learn this movie is directed by documentary photographer Jessica Earnshaw, who also lends the project. And pretty much this 102-minute documentary looks at their lives, especially Jacinta's life, life as she tries to break out this generational cycle of drug addiction and time in jail. So that is that is Jacinta. Eric Holmes, let's start with you. What did you think of this doc? This, uh, I think I mentioned to you guys uh, uh, when talking about it, I don't understand why this story needs to be told because this is an old story. Unfortunately, this, this, is, uh, this is a story, I, at least me personally, I'm pretty familiar with just, you know, certain people grow, that I grew up with. So none of this is really new to me. I guess one of the good things it does, and I don't know how it'll land with people because documentaries, as much as they should, you know, certain things should land with people. They often don't, which is unfortunate, but the idea that the prison system it doesn't do very good with helping people with drug addiction problems. In fact, most of the time, it usually just makes it worse. But this this movie doesn't really go into it that much. It's just, it's following Jacinta and then, you know, following her family and whether or not you, you like them or find, you know, but they definitely do some things that are uh, pretty deplorable. But I think, you know, they're, you could probably have a drink with them. You probably wouldn't want to stay the weekend with them, you know, that, that sort of thing. But I, I kind of wish it would uh, would uh, lean more into the futility of the prison system dealing with drug addiction horribly. And then maybe maybe pair that with something that does help people with drug addiction. I, I, I don't know. I mean, but that would be an entirely different documentary. Uh, as it is with this one, it's kind of, a, you know, I, I feel sorry for the families, you know, that they go through that. But as far as a documentary, you know, as far as a documentary that you want to see that has a lot of value added, I don't think this really has that. It's just kind of uh, drugs are bad. Cool. Prison systems doesn't work. Yeah, we know that. And that's about it. You know, it's funny. I think this is the first time in the year or year plus we've been doing movie mainline and and find your film that I this is this is a complete opposite. This is this documentary gripped me from the second from the get go. I was this movie, by the way, Jessica Earnshaw received the award for best new documentary director at the 2020 Tribeca Film Festival. First of all, Jacinta, I was just really locked into her plight and her relationship with her mother. It's a cycle of abuse and harm. And you see Jacinta actually, even with all the bad things that her mother has inflicted upon her just by being who she is, Jacinta still is, she quotes, she said she's the ride or die. She's her mother's ride or die. And no matter what happens to Jacinta, she's always faithful to her mother. Now that faith and that loyalty and that love comes at a price because regarding her own relationship, Jacinta's own relationship with her 10 year old daughter, Kaylin, this movie is, this documentary is shot over a three plus year period as we follow Jacinta's path towards jail time, maybe a possible redemption, maybe not. Uh, by the end of this documentary, I wanted to know 
what in the heck is going on with Jacinta's life. Really value added. I think it's a ton of value added for people who are not, who do not know this life, who want to learn a little bit more. I just absolutely was locked in. It is heartbreaking a lot of times. And what's interesting about Jacinta is she's an, she's an interesting person. When you listen to her do, doing some of the VO, I'm thinking it sounds like Rachel McAdams doing the VO. She's, she sounds good. She sounds, she sounds, and she's smart. The way she carries herself in certain situations, obviously her actions are not smart. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I'm glad that you, you threw that out there, Eric. I, I'm sure a lot of people will have that, that reaction, but I, I completely was on board with Jacinta. Where do you land on this, Bruce? I do recommend this as well. I, I think I'm kind of right in between both of you. This, I think, kind of fits into that same category of that Marky Mark movie we watched, which I can't remember the name of. Joe um, Bell. Yeah, where it's like for people who have a very surface experience with it and maybe have a lot of assumptions based on not really the reality of someone's life, this might be very value added to those people because, you know, you're going to really sit with her for a good amount of time. And that was my other thing for people, even like myself, who've seen a fair amount of, I don't know what, either people in your life or have seen like a ton of like intervention or something, right? But the scope of that is very small even though they might tell you the person's life, you don't keep following it. And the, the thing I think this has that go that's good is that you start with her, you know, getting out like, okay, how is she going to do? And instead of only being with her for a month or two, we're being with her for like three, you said three years, three and a half three years. years. Yeah. And it, it's moved yeah. to four years to make three years in the documenting of the life. So you really see her efforts and how they do or don't succeed and why they do or don't succeed. And I think one of the biggest things about this, and you mentioned it as well, is that even though it really highlights and puts in the forefront addiction, I think what it really subtly puts out there and probably should put out a little stronger is abuse because the abuse, the symptom is the addiction. The abuse is the cause you see in a lot of this and they kind of intertwine with each other, but what really affected me in this was watching her daughter and was watching the change in her daughter. And really like, I don't know, at a point when you deal with addicted people, you go through a couple of different paths. And the common one is at some point you give up in the sense of, I can't fix this and I have to separate myself from this. But when you see someone like the daughter in this movie, I don't know how you guys react, but I'm like, oh my God, how can we save this girl from the same fate, you know? And her mother's doing what she thinks is right, but you already know that the barometer of these people's lives are highly skewed. I don't know what you guys thought, but the daughter, the daughter yeah, of Jacinta was the one I was just like, oh, oh my God. And as you see her get older in this show, you just, your heart kind of really breaks for her. Yeah. And I think, I think the worst part about her uh, situation uh, beyond the abuse, but just the uh, addiction, because um, I think a lot of people have a bad idea of what addiction is. They think, yeah. oh, just stop doing it. It's not that right. easy. And, oh, go get help. Well, that's not easy either. And uh, oftentimes that's uh, prohibitively expensive, especially for people like that, because they don't have a lot of money. I tried to, I tried to get a, uh, one of my friends got into heroin and I tried to uh, find a, a place, uh, inpatient place to send him to. And it was like ten thousand dollars, and I was like, I I don't have that. I know you don't have that. <laughs> like, yeah. And and so you know now it's just kind of like the take it a day at a time. And of course, you know he kind of fell off, and you know it, it's it's sad and it's 
but it seems that the society, the only thing it wants to do is, well, I guess we put them in prison. I'm like, well, that's going to, that's going to put a pause on it for however long they're in prison. Maybe if they don't get it in prison. And then once they get back out, it's the same, you know, it's just a matter of time before it's the same shit over and over and over again. And you're and. I, I I hate that our society leans on prisons to fix stuff like this when it's just flat out not equipped to do so. You, and I think need, that's that's oh, the value but, add. Yeah. I was going to say, Eric, that's the value add. I think because yeah. you might have a pretty clear view of that situation. Like we were talking the other day about disability and stuff, same kind of thing, right? Yeah. You know, if you live in it or you live near it, you have a clear view. So this is not going to give you a ton that you haven't already seen. If anything, it's going to be like, oh crap. I've dealt with this, you know, but for those people who have this very surface idea or this very glib idea of what is happening, this is useful because at least they have a chance to like under, I mean, they still might come out of it and go like, ah, fuck them. They just do drugs. They're just weak, you know? Okay. Well that they can do that still, but it's a lot harder if you really watch this and take it in to not be at least somewhat empathetic to the situation. I, I I would kind of agree with you with the with the Joe Bell thing with the because uh, I do recognize that like I know the story I've seen it and so watching it as a documentary I'm like yep been there done that many times <laughs> right. but uh, yeah I mean hey if uh, if someone sees it and it sparks change that you know meaningful change that uh, gets gets people help that they can afford because that that's the thing when people are addicted to drugs one thing they have in common is they don't have much money. They have just enough money to get them high. And, you know, they have just enough money to get themselves in trouble. And really you shouldn't be in trouble. That's something that you should say, Oh, I have a problem. I need to go get help. Where do you go get help right there? Just get in line and they'll help you. Cool. And, you know, just just make it easy. Why, why make something like that difficult? If you're going to do that, just, you know, line them up on a brick wall and shoot them. Cause I mean, it, it, you know, it sounds it sounds cold, but effectively, that's all you're doing. If you're not going to help someone like that, you're just killing them, but slower. Yeah, this is kind of mentioned. This is I'm not going to say who actually mentions it, Bruce, but I, I know you you locked in on this. Someone in, in the documentary mentions about, yeah, I don't question this person loving me a lot. Love is never a question is in Jacinta. It's how the love is expressed through action. And sometimes this love is misguided. I mean, I think that's one of the really deep things that this movie subtly puts in. Did you get that as well from watching this? The way that they love each other, but there's they have a weird way of show. Oh my god! So this is I I don't know. I, I this is this is a movie that I strongly recommend, especially if you love the the genre. I, I think the director Jessica Earnshaw does such a fantastic job. And, and there's a, there's times when you just feel like we talked about VHS ninety four and the camera you really feel she's a fly on the wall in this documentary. You really feel that they're actually gaining access and they're not playing to the camera. It's very harrowing stuff. Do we, any warnings regarding people watching this movie, uh, re, re, um, re, uh, rewatching or watching this doc, Eric, maybe it's a no. little too hard hitting or. No, this, this is one of those. If you're going to watch it, you just don't even brace for it. Be, let this damage you because that, that's the only way this, this documentary will work or do anything of value. I think. Okay. If you if you brace yourself and kind of oh it, it hurt a little bit that's it's not strong enough that you know something like this has to hurt some you know it has to cut deep otherwise what's the point okay so that is Jacinta it hits Hulu on Friday October eighth high strong highly highly strong recommendation from me solid recommendation from Bruce and Eric 
uh, you're a little bit. I, I, I would say if you grew up in the Midwest and you've, you've seen this, you'll know exactly that you're not going to see anything new. But I mean, yeah, you guys are right. Um, I think for most people, this is probably a recommend and probably something people should see. I just, I don't think it'll change anything. I hope I'm wrong, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. And you know what I was thinking because Jacinta and VHS, you know, the horror of VHS 94, it's just so bloody and Jacinta being so see, you know, real true to life and, you know, just very tough to take. I decided to go with a, a, a rom-com for our final yeah. review. And I thought mass M-A-S-S was going to be just a, a ton of jokes, machine gun level jokes. And lo and behold, I w- I'm sorry, Eric, I was wrong. I thought I w- we were doing something funny and mass is not too funny. How many people are coming? There'll be four of them. Richard, Linda. This is Jay and Gail Perry. Thank you for agreeing to meet us. You're welcome. I'm going to leave you alone. Let me know if you need anything. You say you want to heal. Is this how? We're not here to attack you. And we promise that. We want to know how this happened. We need your help with that. I'm willing to help. When you talk about blame on your part, I want to know what you're referring to. It's very hard to answer. Well, please try. It's not just one thing. Tell me about your son. What would you like to know? Everything. I want to know everything. Why? Why do I want to know about your son? Because he killed mine. It's not our fault, Richard. No! The main plot line is two married couples. They meet in a church, in a room that's sequestered, I guess, from the rest of the church. And most of the movie takes place with these two couples talking about an incident, a tragedy that befell both of them. And they're trying to work out either their differences or they're just trying to hash things out. That is the main plot synopsis for Mass. I was dreading this movie. I could, I'm thinking, how can I spend all this time watching two people talk for an incessant amount of time? I thought it was going to be ham-handed, overwrought. I was thinking the worst of this movie. Easily one of my favorite films of this year. I, I can't wait till we get to talk about this. I'm wondering if Bruce or Eric, if you feel the same way or kind of feel the same way about the power of Mass. Hopefully if you feel that way, or maybe maybe you're on the other side of the coin. Bruce, let's start with you on Mass. Well, I, I can tell you right now, I'm probably the least the least up on this movie. I, I think it's a recommend, but it's a very, very mild recommend for me. This is a movie, how do I say, we're not going to talk about exactly what they're talking about. Let's just say- I, 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 would, I, think, you, I think you can, only because it's not, this is a good example of if you don't talk about what they're talking about, that's the point. Like the, it, it, it's not so much, it's not so much the story, but how they interact with each other. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Look, I kind of agree with you, Eric, but I'm going to go with the plot synopsis. Here's the thing on Eric Holmes' side, all of the reviews that I've read mention it. But, but let me say this. Uh, one parent's kid stole a candy bar from the other parent's kid. 
and that's what they're arguing about. That's what they're arguing about. Okay, maybe that might that might be an allusion to something. But let's just say one thing: the two sets of parents, their parents, they're played by Reed Bernie and Ann Dowd. That's one set of the parents, and the other parents are Jason Isaacs and Martha Plimpton. If we're going to go with Eric Holmes' thing about the candy bar, yes, it deals with children as well, and their ta- their parents talking about their children. They're talking about a tragedy written and directed by Fran. Crans, I'm sure, listener, you, listeners, you can put two and two together on what we're alluding to, but out of respect to this plot summary. And yeah, if you want the full plot, go read, a, go read an in-depth movie review on what it's about. In fairness to Eric Holmes, I'm glad you, you brought up the candy bar. Bruce, continue regarding your thoughts. All on right. Well, Master. I will hold my glib, uh, <laughs> smart-ass retitling of this movie. I will keep that away because it would tell you what this movie is about. But the acting is excellent. That's a plus. Martha Plimpton, I would say, is the standout to me. But I love her in just about everything I think I've ever seen her in. So, okay, here's what I'll say. So probably for about the first third, you know something's up. You know they're getting there to talk about something serious. And you're waiting for the shoe to drop, basically. The emotional shoe to drop or the the factual shoe to drop. And when that drops, I, I was pretty... I was. I mean, you guys probably were doing the same thing. I was guessing, like, was it this or was it this? Something something happened and you kind of have an idea what it might be. And when it happens, you're like, okay, that's what it's about. That's what they're here about. Once that happened, I kind of mostly lost interest in this movie. And I kind of don't respect it very much, to tell you the truth. And I can't tell really? you exactly why, but I'll say, I'll say it in a vague way and you guys will understand what I'm talking about. I think this movie is kind of a microcosm of the problem with that issue in that that issue, a big part of that issue are people after the fact of that issue, getting together, talking it out and kind of being able to now move along or not with their lives and nothing ever gets solved. So to me, it's kind of a microcosm of that. And this movie kind of wants to pat itself on the back saying that we've done something here when really they've just had an emotional moment, but not really done anything. And it's kind of focused on the wrong thing to me. It's focused on the after effects with the parents, but not the actual focus of the problem. So for me, it was kind of, this I kind like of a was, not rec- this sounds like a not recommend. For it you. isn't for me. I think a lot of people are going to like this one. It's kind of like the last movie. It's like a lot of people will probably get a lot out of this, but I think this is a lot more surface. So for example, if you say what the subject of Jacinta is, it gets down into it and really shows you what happened there. This doesn't, this kind of stays at the level of the debate that everyone understands. I didn't really felt like, feel like I learned anything much with that. And I honestly checked out for the second half of the movie and was kind of really, it was really not very interesting to me because I absolutely knew where it was going. That is like it could only go in one direction. And I'll, I'll end because I know you guys like it better. The, and this is also very Oscar baity. This is like begging for the Oscars. I would have changed the ending. I'm going to tell you what the ending would have been and it won't spoil anything. There's a, a boy that's helping the whole time in this movie. The woman who runs the church kind of set things up and helping the whole time. The last shot of this movie would not have been what it is. I'm not going to say what it is. The last shot of this movie would have followed him out of the church to where he lives. And you would have seen him preparing for what's happened uh, already in this movie. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that's a whole different movie. That's a whole different kind of my, that, my that, would a, that would have been a good ending. That, <laughs> that's a whole different. That's a whole different kind of thing. Yeah, no, no, Eric. I want to hear your thoughts again. I don't know what what else to say. I, I just want to quickly say, Anne Dowd, 
is going to be up for an, an Oscar nod. Same thing with Martha Plimpton. Oscar Beatty, yes. I think um, in a sense, but I, th- I feel that this is a real film. This felt real to me. I got really emotionally involved in their discussion. Does it go deep as Jacinta? No, it doesn't because they're, they're, they're parents and they're, they're trying to circle around each other with this with these conversations that really don't get to the heart of the matter. So they're, they're just bobbing and weaving in their discussions until they don't. And so it's, it's really, I think this is one of these things you're going to either really get locked into mass or may find it boring. It's 111 minutes rated PG 13. This movie absolutely shook me. I will not forget mass. I can't wait to see it actually again, just for the perform performances and the writing, which I thought was superb. Wonder what you think of, of this one, Eric. So the the I would say the uh, opening I wasn't a fan of the getting ready the the girl and the the guy getting everything ready for the two the two parents right uh, groups of parents to come in but once the parents started talking and uh, that that's why I said you know suggested that we could talk about the candy bar but if we're not that that's fine <laughs> but I I got right away what they were talking about like I said it's not it's oh that's what it was the whole you know it's it's not that kind of movie it's I saw it as uh, they they put out i got really quickly what they were talking about and who these people were and now it's just them going back and forth and the the like uh it's just like a really good courtroom drama like courtroom debate and that's just like so far up my alley you know at a at a white blood for a week you know it was uh and i i just like how the uh the different people even within the different sides have different takes of what happened and different ideas on how they should move forward i bruce i get what you're saying about how it's they kind of they kind of think that they're solving things but i i saw it more as less about the event and more about how when you can open up to people because when when they started off, they were guarded, you know, doing the uh, social, you know, grace, social, social graces. graces, and they weren't getting anywhere. It wasn't until they started, you know, just saying what was on their mind, knowing that the other people were receptive to that, and then now they can talk about each other, they can hash hash things out and get mad at each other, and and eventually come to understand each other. And I I like that message. Just as just as um, dealing with people overall, not you know, take away the take away the what they're talking about, but just the idea that you know, say what's on your mind, be upfront and honest with people, and and sometimes uh, when people come back at you, there, there was a couple, uh, you know, a couple times when you know one of the parents you know thought like, oh yeah, you're the bad one, and they're like, yeah, we are the bad one, and then they just drop some horrible truth bombs on them, and then you look at Martha Plimpton's face, she's like. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't think of that. They, these are humans in front of me that I'm talking to, you know. And they even they even deal with that. Of uh, you've written me many letters, and I I read those. But then, it, you know, uh, you talk about that with social media. You know, you you write, no, Magnolia is the greatest movie ever. Fuck you, and I hope you die in a fire. But then when you see that person face to face, you're having a different conversation all of a sudden. And I, that's kind of what I took from it. Bruce, I love your ending way better as far as uh, <laughs> it doesn't really go along with the whole theme of, um, of discourse. But uh, as far as the uh, the event, it definitely would help there. Um, I wasn't a big fan of how it ended. Well, no, I take that back. There, there was one last thing that one of the parents said at the very end that I really liked. But the part before that, I, I wasn't 
too hip on that, but uh, yeah, a, a lot of the, a lot of the debate, the writing's fantastic because again, this is like each character I think has their own personality. And I think that comes through in the writing as well as the acting. Overall, this is a pretty strong recommend for me, especially if you love courtroom dramas like I do, you, you'll just eat this up. Yeah, I will say biasly, I, I was raised Catholic. There is, I'm going to actually delete, sorry, Eric, I'm going to, even though Eric is not singing or Bruce is not singing yet. <laughs> yeah, if, Bruce, you want to sing or Eric, you want to sing? I'll, I'll, I'll edit something right now. You guys want to sing something? But I'm going to edit. <laughs> Very cool, Neil Diamond. But I, I did, listeners, I did edit something that Eric said. But I will just say this, Eric didn't, Eric mentioned a scene and I will say this, being raised Catholic, I I was biasly locked into that moment, which you weren't locked into. Oh, so it's going to, to I, I didn't know that was a spoiler. Yeah, I that, that, a little bit of a, yeah, that's a little bit of a spoiler because it's for some, it's not going to click for some, or yeah. they're going to find it. Oh, come on. What is this? And then, but other people like me, if my, it will click. So there are moments. In Bruce, Bruce, your assessment, in fairness, there are going to be people who will just say, mass is not for me, but yeah. there are, well, actually I'm Catholic, so I guess mass is for me, but uh, <laughs> but, but, I'm but uh, other people I think will really love it. Some There's going to be a clickbait crowd, a click Oscar bait crowd who are going to really say mass is, is great because that's, the, that's a cool thing to say, right? But then I think there's going to be other people who really, really actually genuinely like it, like like you do, Eric. I'm glad yeah. you. I, I, I would say, like, it, as far as like a like award stuff go, because you talked about like Oscar bait, and yeah, I, we're we're three for three on that. Yeah, I, oh, I, 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 I acting would say for sure. Yeah, that the acting's gotta gotta be nominated for things and the if, writing, definitely the writing. Like, if if it, it has to be, it's just too good. <laughs> it, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. So strong recommendations from. Eric Holmes, strong, strong, strong recommendation for me. E- easily a top 10 for me. And you know what? What's amazing is Bruce Perky, out of all of us three, it's his favorite film of the year. Yeah. Oh, Matt, gonna... it's, Matt, it's Bruce's favorite movie of the year. I'm, I'm going to sell it. Yes. I'm going to sell it totally wrong. This is directed by the guy who played the Shaggy character in Cabin in the Woods. So you totally know the tone based on that. Okay. Very it cool. is that guy. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Fran, <laughs> Fran Kranz, he, uh, I, I believe that's his name. He's actually a pretty, he's had a really good acting career as well. And so, yeah, so that is Mass. Fran Kranz, okay, from Cabin in the Woods, like Bruce mentioned. And again, I apologize for the fake advertisement. It is Go not- watch Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> yes, also. Yes. <laughs> yes, also, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's not Bruce's favorite movie of the year. This is number one. So it's just two solid, two strong recommends from me and Eric. Not a recommend from Bruce. This is how the world goes round anyway so that's good i'm glad actually i'm you know i'm gonna say it i'm glad uh you know eric holmes you found you and i you and i and me and bruce we had our different opinions on jacinta as well but i'm glad i guess probably the big feature this week is vhs 94 which all of us flip for hi i the only thing again it's bloody or is that just something like you mean it is awesomely bloody that's what you're saying like it also it's bloody it's awesome. It's also an awesomely bloody VHS 94. That is the movie that all three of us loved. Eric Holmes. Yes. You're, you're going to say something. I, I was going to say that um, it, it's, I'm actually kind of happy that Bruce doesn't like mass because then we can debate over the, the positive and negative. We can have a mass debate. Of, is that what you're saying? We can yeah, have a mass ha- debate. Yeah, we can, we can mass debate over it. And uh, you know, <laughs> okay. we, we may, we may disagree, but it, it, then yeah. we can, we can still love each other. Yes. And we can good. forgive each other. And that's what it's Well, all about. I might love myself at the end of it. I don't know if I'll love you guys. 
Uh, oh, well, yeah. at the end too. of a mass debate you know yeah know. it's <laughs> thank you guys for that comment regarding <laughs> we had to that, elevate the conversation uh, yes thank you for elevating this review um i just really we're, this, we're three movies in and we haven't gone off the rails yet you <laughs> know I th- usually I, we do this way earlier that I'm, I'm i'm to be honest i i may edit this whole thing i'm so offended because i thought i was the biggest mass debater of them all but i guess not so moving forward let's go to movie rewinds before and stop masturbating. Um, we're going to talk about the rewind squid, squid games. Eric Holmes, you were a little bit dismissive, as, not not too dismissive. You were saying, "Well, look, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm two episodes in. I know what you said, but if the third episode, if it goes by the same tropes, why waste another six or seven hours on this? Yeah. Where did you land on Squid Games? Did you tur- did it turn the whole boat around for you? Or are you saying why does why is this the most popular show?" In, in the U.S. right now or in the world? Oh, I, no, I totally get it. And uh, th- this is another one where the... Okay, so there's a, a thing that happens um, at the end that was completely spoiled for me. And don't I, spoil for and me. I, don't spoil for the listeners. Don't, no, don't no, do I'm, not, don't I'm, do I'm no. not going to. But I, I will say that it, it was... Uh, I, th- I think it worked in its favor because mm. had that had that showed up and I didn't know it was coming, I'd be like, what? No fucking way. <laughs> Oh, um, what do you think I, of the was, NFW, NFW, Bruce? Did you like the NFW? Because Eric was talking about an NFW. Did you like the NFW moment as well, or like like Eric did, or, or what? Um, I was kind of, I was kind of like, I was fine with it. it at that point. I was, I liked the ride to get there, so it didn't bother me or blow me away. It was yeah. kind of in between, you know. Okay, but I mean, yeah. it, it, it was already spoiled for me, so I, I was like, kind of already looking for that anyway. And so when it happened, I was waiting for it. And but I, I think had I not known. Uh, this is one of those uh, rare rare things that had i not been spoiled i think it might have actually spoiled it so ironically the spoiler made it fresher so on your (laughs) rewind eric when people say the squid game does it does it live up to squid games does it live up to its hype in your opinion yeah i think so it's really good the characters are you know born at the beginning but that's that's the journey they're going on right and i thought it was just going to be like Episode one is the first game. Episode two is the second game. But they they did a lot more, and I I should have known. It's it's a, a Korean movie, and they're you know they're really good at doing that. And you know between this and Parasite, and I mean Korean cinema is fucking awesome. And so anytime that uh, it gets eyeballs on it, the way that Parasite has done, and the way Squid Game has done, if that gets more people to check out Korean cinema, fucking a. <laughs> whether i like it or not is irrelevant just so long as people go check those movies out because a lot of them are really good and i haven't really found one that i hate it so okay that is very cool that is squid games as a quick rewind from eric holmes he believes it li- lives up to its hype last week bruce perky gave his full review of squid games i'm actually three episodes in and i'm really enjoying the ride as well i am not looking forward to that that NFW moment. I have a feeling if that happens and I get to that point, I may actually say what the um, I might not like it. So we'll probably see. watch it go. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Well, let's see when I do a double rewind next week on Squid Games. Now we're get, we're almost done with the show. Almost, almost because we're gonna do some recommendations. Let's go with Greg's recommendation. I don't have a recommendation until next week when I start digging into the Fandor cinema cinema coffers. So you're, you're going to hear me shut up for the segment. Let's just start off with Bruce right now. What is your recommendation this week? Well, I put a call out to the Cinematics group because I thought I'm going to make sure that all of my recommendations for this month 
are horror movies, if even better if it's one I haven't seen before. But if it's one I've seen, that can be a rewatch too. So this week I saw three horror movies. I saw Messiah of Evil, which is the an early 70s hippie movie that is the most Italian California trip movie I've ever seen that's almost like Carnival of Souls, but I'm not sure what it is. I'm not recommending that, but it's okay. <laughs> Was I also watched... Uh, that is on Shutter in a few pla- a bunch of places, but it's it's very odd, very artsy. And then I watched Shockma, which is a you know you know Christopher Atkins. I think he was in yeah Blue Lagoon. Blue, Blue Lagoon yeah yeah. Well, this is oh, him in okay. This is him in the late eighties or early nineties, and he is um, for some reason with- both both Eric and I perked up when you said Christopher Atkins. Yeah. I, I, I didn't Eric, I didn't perk I up. I didn't know who he was talking about until he said Blue Lagoon. I'm like, oh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> and my of course. You forget my blue heaven. So yeah. <laughs> and and Roddy McDowell. And there is they're having a, a live LARPing competition in a scientific laboratory building. What after is LARPing? hours? What is that? <laughs> oh live okay. action, live action role playing. No, and they're right. doing it and they're doing it uh <laughs> while being chased by Shakma, who is a, a genetically altered killer baboon. Almost made it this week, but <laughs> that sounds but, interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's what we were doing. Um, but I ended up going with a recommendation from, oh, did I write down who recommended it? Joseph Bridges? I, did. Joseph I think Bridges. it was Joseph Bridges. Yeah. yeah. Celia from 1989. It's an Australian movie directed by Anne Turner. Uh, currently on IMDb, it has a perfect score of 6.9 out of 10. Just for Eric, I looked that up. And that <laughs> is like true. perfect score. It's like you better not say 10 out of 10. That is not a perfect score. <laughs> this is an amazing movie. It is not really hardly a horror movie. It's kind of interesting, uh, but it's an excellent movie. And I think it's one that's been well overlooked, unfortunately. I think it, I'm guessing it's probably since it's an Australian movie, maybe it never got a release out of Australia. So just kind of just fell by the wayside. It stars Rebecca Smart as Celia. She's a nine-year-old. This takes place in 1950s Australia. And this is one of those movies. And I think that Joseph Bridges had made a point that he thought that Pan's Labyrinth had been highly, highly influenced by this movie. And I would tend to agree with him because it's one of those movies where uh, it follows a little girl in a period time just her life happening in that time. And this kind of this interior, almost fantasy world that she creates. And the basic idea is this, it starts out and her grandmother has died and she kind of idolized her grandmother and her grandmother's room is kind of kept the way it was. And and her grandmother um, was a communist and actually early days of communism when it wasn't quite as the way it is now. Uh, And a lot of this movie since in the fifties in Australia, the red scare was there as well. So when a couple neighbors, some neighbors move in, um, she kind of befriends them, but they have ties to the communist party. So that becomes a whole thing. And there's also another subplot. This is very weird. There's another subplot about rabbits because there's a rabbit infestation in Australia because they're non-native species and they're trying to eradicate the rabbit infestation and they're trying to remove the the ability for children to have rabbits as pets, domesticated rabbits as well. And Celia has a rabbit as a pet and that becomes a big thing. This is just one of those slice of life movies that is really amazing, mostly because of the period detail and the ability to kind of just focus in on the interior life of this little girl. And she's very, very engaging and it doesn't get too disturbing, but there's definitely some moments where it goes dark, but it never gets to the B movie level. It always stays at, at a real actual dramatic truth. This is a, this is a really, really great hidden gem, Celia. 
and it's a few places you can get it on shutter and i think you can also find it on um hoopla and a couple other places sounds like is it close to a classic film i think so i definitely a lost a lost movie if i don't know if you've ever seen the original the other from the 70s it was a, a movie that had these two boys and it was kind of the same thing but they were in like midwest i think it taps into those kind of um coming of age early life period pieces that you don't see much anymore and when you do see them they really they really deserve a look okay so that's celia it's Celia, 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 written and directed by Ann Turner, reviewed by Bruce Perky, recommended by Joseph Bridges, who is part of our Cinematics Facebook group, by the way. Our Cinematics Facebook group, please join us. We get so many really interesting daily recommend recommendations from our members like, I don't know, Chad Wilfong, Matt Stillman, Ken Cunningham, again, the aforementioned Joseph Bridges, also Peter Beta from- And, and, and by the way, Chad Wilfong- Love you for the uh, love you for the lep in the hood shout out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'll be working my way through. I'm gonna do probably watch some of the recommendations. So I'll keep keep sending them, guys. Uh, I'm gonna probably watch two or three, even if they're rewatches, and then I'll pick one of them as my as my recommendation for that week. Bruce is always such a generous person. He actually asks for recommendations. Listeners, if you want me to see a movie, don't. Okay, please. I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't want it. Screw you, listeners. Listen to Bruce and Eric. They're the nicer people. Also. Celia or Celia, directed, written by Ann Turner. It also stars this, it was, this was, I think, 1988 or 89. Also stars an actress named Deborah Lee Furness. Deborah Lee Furness is best known. I, I, I don't want to say best known. She'd later go on to marry an actor named Hugh Jackman. Okay, so that is a little I movie trivia him. for you. He was also in the Blue Lagoon, I believe. He was also in, and thank you, Eric Holmes, for the little Christopher Atkins callback. I did mention a movie called My Blue Heaven. I was wrong when I said that. I rem- remember it's not it's not my blue heaven. He was in a movie called Christopher Atkins was in a movie called A Night in Heaven. I think it would it start him and Leslie Ann Warren. I definitely have to watch that down the road for next week. But speaking of watching, what should listeners watch for your recommendation this week, Eric Holmes? I saw Dave Chappelle The Closer on Netflix, and uh, I mean you don't need me to tell you Dave Chappelle is probably one of the greatest standups ever, and he's he's kind of uh, lately been getting into that uh like how george carlin's got in his in his uh later career as a comedian where he's he's still funny but it's it's less about the jokes and more about the um more about what he has on his mind and his point of view on certain things and this one is mostly about cancel culture but more so with uh his thoughts on uh trans you know, trans people or the trans community. And I think what he does great here is that he recognizes, he recognizes why people are angry with him for some things. He recognizes where he fucks up, but he also recognizes when people are so utterly full of shit and they're, you know, just kind of waving a flag and not, you know, not, eh, there's a word for it. I guess bullshit is a good word for it. Not bullshit because they're defending trans rights, but more like a, the, virtue, virtue signaling yeah virtue signaling. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah yeah there's there's the there's the buzzword i was looking for <laughs> um, but uh yeah this is really good unfortunately i well i think i think there's a lot of people that are gonna like this i think there's gonna be people that hate it as with any time uh david chappelle uh does a stand-up especially lately when he's getting more in the george carlin territory where he's you know being more uh thoughtful of, about certain things that you know he has opinions on 
but I think I think he makes a lot of really good points. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people are going to get the wrong idea. There's going to be people that that uh, pick little clips of what he says and then say this is what you said here and that's that's what you meant. But they didn't hear the whole thing, so they don't you know they don't understand the needle he's trying to thread. But then there's also the other side where someone's going to say yeah fuck trans people why they gotta ruin everything and that's not what he's getting but you know that's not what he's about either so uh, yeah it, it's really good i i hope that people can kind of uh maybe watch the whole thing and understand what he's trying to say i'm not sure that people will because i mean quite honestly people are kind of stupid and i don't <laughs> exclude myself from that group either I don't, exclude, not, I don't exclude myself either bruce excludes himself because he's a little bit of a He's a little bit of an arist- aristocrat. He has a, you have an aristocratic <laughs> air about you, don't you, Bruce? What do you think? Oh, yes. Huh? Yes. A, a crown. Hang on my crowns. <laughs> tilted here. Get it on there. Okay. Cover <laughs> that bald spot there. So that is that is Eric's recommendation. Dave Chappelle, The Closer, currently streaming on Netflix. Here we are, Bruce. We are ending the episode with your what's in the box pick. What do you have for us here? But before we get to that, no. Eric Holmes, you're going to, no, 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 no. We're going to wait for him to drop the beat because otherwise you're going to forget the box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. Yo, beat. Yo, Pete, wait to drop the beat till later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. All right, Bruce, what you got for us? I have got, this was suggested by, was it uh, Julian J. Howard, I believe? I believe. Yes, Julian Maybe. J. Howard. Yes. The Last Supper from 1995, directed by Stacey Title who also directed The Bye-Bye Man recently. I don't know how that happened. Okay, Not I, too many movies. You know what's so funny? I haven't actually watched that movie since 95 when it was released. I did the, I remember dedicating the pre, uh, doing the press junket and liking the movie. So it's an and Julian has some really interesting tastes. So do you have an idea why he picked this movie? Bruce, let's hear your review. Well, I mean, I, I think it's probably an underseen movie for how many people that are kind of famous in this movie. I think a lot of people probably haven't heard of this movie or seen it. I don't hear it get mentioned much. And it is kind of an odd movie, I guess. I did. I think I remember seeing it about the same time, too, you know, at a party or at someone's house or something, because I didn't remember it too clearly other than the basic concept, which this is one where you have to give people the basic concept, I think. So The Last Supper is basically... It's a group of college grad students, I believe. They're all living, somehow they're all living in this amazing, like, Victorian house in the country. I don't know how that happened in Iowa or someplace. And some of them are, well, some of the, well, Cameron Diaz, she's the most famous, uh, as well as, uh, what's his name? Uh, B. Vance. I can't think of his name. He's in LA Law. Courtney B. Vance. Law, yeah, Courtney Law and Order. Yeah. I think he's in Law yeah. and Order and stuff. They're two of the grad students that are there. And basically... Every Sunday night, they have this dinner and they kind of talk about politics and life and the world. And it's kind of tradition to do that. And in the opening of the movie, um, (laughs) one Mr. Bill Paxton's character shows up because he gave a a ride. He's a truck driver and he gave a ride home to uh, one of the students that had broken down. So they say, hey, come and have dinner with us. And very quickly, he becomes they he reveals himself to be a very racist and very awful person. And in the process, it escalates very quickly and he is killed. Not kind of in a heated moment, he is killed and they have to decide what to do. And they basically decide to bury him in the yard. And from there, they decide, hey, if you knew that Hitler was young right now and you knew what he was going to become, would you kill him? And they're like, "Uh, I guess we would. So 
They proceed to try to get all of the most horrible people, right-wing, they're very liberal, all the right-wing people they deem terrible to show up for the dinner, and then they want to off them all. And that's the concept. Good concept. I like the concept. I like. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. I think it, it's kind of middle of the road. I, I felt like when I was watching this, like I was watching an episode of Friends where they decided to invite people over and murder them because <laughs> it kind of feels like that. The people they, they decide to murder are almost 100% the most entertaining characters in the story. The actual main characters, the students, are kind of insufferable and, and not very interesting and kind of bland. And I think that's the drawback of the story is it's kind of housebound. The 90% of the movie is in this house at the dinner table. And all of the conversations and all of the stuff is kind of broad. It's kind of obvious. So I think it doesn't age probably as daring as it might have seemed at the time. I think now it seems a little bit, eh, it's it's a concept <laughs> and that's about it. So I would say if you never heard about it and it sounds interesting to you, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's definitely doesn't, it doesn't blow my socks off. It's, it's, it's middle of the road. Oh, it'd be interesting. Julian, Julian J. Howard, we want to know why you decided to pick The Last Supper. What did you find interesting? Hit, hit us up maybe on our Cinematics Facebook group. Maybe this is something for us to watch eric you had some something uh, brewing in your, in your uh, noggin? I, I was just saying the, the what, what he's describing this sounds like something i might want to mass debate to <laughs> mass, mass debate. very very cool also on a on a somber note in december 2017 i'm reading wikipedia the director of the last supper stacy title she was diagnosed with als she passed earlier this year january 11th she is survived by her husband and two children as bruce said her last feature film was a 2017 movie the bye-bye man so would be interesting to see if the bye-bye man is any good would love to check out the last supper as well thank you julian j howard for your recommendation rest in peace state stacy title and now for a very awkward segue are we going to drop the beat yet bruce or, or eric or what are we going to do aop drop that beat who's in the box oh what's in the box you lie! No! What's in the fucking box? All right, we're back. Bruce, you're you're what you're you're doing the what's in the box? What's in the shaking box? it? What's in shaking the box? the box? Like a Polaroid picture. I'm shaking it. All right, let's see. Here we go. Uh Matt Stillman. Wait, I've already done that one. Throw that away. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what, what was Stillman, it? Matt Stillman, was you kid, were rejected. The kid with the bike. I don't know how I got in there twice, but it was in there oh, again. Interesting. That I've already done too. Rudderless. How did Rudderless get in there twice? Oh I think God. I might have put it again. Bruce has the dirty box. Can we do it? Can we do a my rewatch box of Rudderless? Has been restuffed. Can we, can, we, can we do a rewatch of Rudderless, guys? And, oh, and do it? now oh. we've got something. Okay, now, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Ken Cunningham comes through with. Oh. Um, I guess this is going to be great. The Hal Needham Magnum Opus from 1982. We all know Hal Needham, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll need him. Buddies of uh, stunt guy and buddies smoking the yeah. bandit and Burt Reynolds, all that stuff. Is it going to be uh, Gator or White Lightning? Uh, oh, that'd be, Unfortunately, no. <laughs> be interesting. Megaforce. <laughs> Megaforce. What the heck? Okay, never even. Maybe I might have heard of. Have, Eric, have you heard of Megaforce? I've heard Hal of Needham? I don't think I've oh, seen it. I've, I've seen a couple of Hal Needham movie. Hal Needham joints rather. This one I'm gonna have to watch and see if I've seen it or not. I don't think so, but maybe. Okay, cool. So that is Megaforce. Bruce will be watching as he usually does every week. You'll be watching an extra movie. Thank you so much, Ken Cunningham, for your your choice of Megaforce. Obviously, out of probably 9.8 out of 10% of 
the times Eric Holmes usually joins in with Bruce Porky. And who knows, maybe Eric Holmes might watch Megaforce as well. I join in probably 0.05% of the times because I am selfish and I am not a team player, folks. That is, that is, but I will be back with Vandor, some Vandor picks because that comp, that media comp is all mine. Yes. Yes. Eric Holmes. Yes. What do we want to say? We, 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 we might have to have Pete drop that beat again. Oh, what's Peter? Oh, Pete, by the way, Peter Beta, little plug. He's on this week on the Force 5 podcast. Check out yeah. Middle Class Film Class, chairman of the board, Peter Beta, on the Force 5 podcast this week. Yes, Eric Holmes. But uh, real quick, yo, Pete, drop that beat again. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie. No. What's in the fucking box? All right, we're back, and I have my own "What's in the Box" segment. Uh, um, oh yes, <laughs> "What's in the Box" segment. It is evil rests in God's hands. Eric Holmes, yes. tell our listeners what I this have, is about. So I made a game based on this screenplay, and uh, as you can see, this wonderful wood-looking uh, game here for the the, the uh, value-added YouTube video watchers. And uh, Strange Fate Crafts uh, created this for me. I gave them a bunch of uh, gave them a bunch of scribbles and a bunch of notes, and they came up with this fucking beautiful, beautiful looking thing. Uh, we got, uh, of course, we got the bag with all the the dice and the game pieces, and we got the uh, we got the game boards here. They kind of work like uh, character sheets for D and D with the little dry erase thing. And the name of the characters on the back. Nice. nice. Yeah, very cool. uh, we got the, uh, well, I'm not going to pull out the rest of them because there's like a, it, it's got a giant pegboard and a bunch of pegs. And I put this sideways, which I shouldn't do because uh, if I open it, pegs will go everywhere. But this is uh, pretty freaking sweet. And I posted a picture on the cinematics page. And this will be something that I will hope to make available either in this version or I'm looking forward to get a uh, like a much cheaper cardboard version made as a uh, perk when I finally get around to doing the crowdfunding campaign. Oh, very or, cool! And so, you decided that, to, that, so that's the plan. Eric, you decided to, to create the game. You've been really working hard over the months with this game in conjunction with your screenplay and your movie. Did you just want them to have just sort of one complement the other? Is that why you decided to actually build out your universe with this game? Well, the the game just kind of kind of uh, like seemed like a cool idea and i was like oh that'll be easy and here we are i, I think i started talking about it maybe in movie mainline days it's been at least a year and it's like yeah. oh this this was much more involved than i thought it would and now they got the prototype the the because this is the only one in existence at the moment but uh like to make more of these would be really expensive so i gotta figure out you know that there, there's like I, I got the prototype and that's cool. And I can, I can play this and play test and refine the rules a bit, but there's still uh there's still more uphill battle to be done with this. So, but it, it it's, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a long journey, but it's been a fun one. And now I get a fucking game. I get to play. That's so, that's so very good. And again, both Bruce and I did read the screenplay. Both of us really loved it. Unbiasedly. Very, yeah. very, really interesting stuff. Very, yes. Eric. And, and, and you guys got to play a very early version of yes, the game. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And so, good game too. Good game. A lot. Of, yeah. You have to be a very good. Uh, dun- I, I I guess they call it a dungeon master. Make sure you're a really good dungeon master. Yeah. To play Eric's game. Yeah. And also, you, yes. Oh yeah. It, it's, it's kind of D and D light is, is uh, if you play in the D and D and you look at the character sheets and you're like, I don't know. The, this is more entry level D and D. With some it's not, it's debate not D- mechanics. 
It's not D and D light. It's D and D strong, baby. So <laughs> you don't want D and D strong. You'll be you'll be filling out books of character sheet at that point. But but I I did want to give a special shout out to Strange Fate Crafts because they helped me make the box, and of course my niece May for uh, she's been helping me like kind of refine rules and playing it, and she's a little creative bug herself. So you thank you, May. Thank you, May. And one one last plug, Eric Holmes. You know what? I I I was I was thinking of doing it last week but I'm too lazy to go back to the archive and, and actually cut up the video. I have not eaten since the pandemic. And this is a sad thing for me that no one probably other, unless you're tired, you love the food can relate to. I was mentioning last week that I haven't eaten really good Thai food for the last year and a half, but Eric, you actually added that once in a while you'll eat Thai, Thai food. Where is this place? And what do you love to order there? Oh, it's a uh, Thai lily. And usually just do the rice noodles with like uh, some sort of beef on it because I'm the and I, I love the red meat. And I know that's <laughs> not really a Thai food staple, but American damn it, I'll put ketchup on whatever I want to put on. So when you go there, you get the beef noodles and the what Thai tea or something. No, I or use uh, the rice noodles and then okay. just have them put beef on it and then whatever vegetables come on it. Okay, uh, so- but yeah, it's called Thai lily. And if you guys come into town, sometime we'll have to go there. Assuming it's still open. I mean, you know, you, know, you never know with restaurants after the pandemic, like, you know, some of them sustain, some of them don't. So it's, well, but you it, know what? it's a really good place. Eric, whenever, I don't know how far it is from your domicile, but whenever you drive by Ty Lily, just remember that one of your good buddies, especially one of your podcast co-hosts, he's 50% Thai. So whatever, whenever you drive and, and maybe you can drive and get a takeout, just remember when you order from them, you're ordering from me. So you're, you're furthering yeah. the Thai cause. So start, start uh, ordering some more Thai I'm, food. I'll go there and say, you got the Sirs of Aussie special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They'll probably say who the F is, is this guy. He's not one of us. Don't worry about that. So that is Ty Lily. Before we go, before we go, go we covered a lot of stuff. Bruce, we're going to end with you. Anything? Oh. Yeah. Anything exciting? Um, anything deep? Anything what? Should I just tease the hidden gem of the month or should we actually say what it's going to be? Let, let's see it. Yeah. I want to hear the hidden gem. Uh, yeah. So, we, yeah. We decided uh, we've been doing these extra special episodes that are, you know, just um, these spotlights, director spotlights, but it's kind of become this big extra show. And instead, once a month, we'll have one of us and we'll alternate like we did before. One of us will pick a hidden gem from some director to highlight that we'll all watch. And I think the first one we're going to do is one we mentioned before that Eric or um, Greg actually had brought in and we never actually got to talk about it. So we're going to bring that up. And I thought we should retitle this because I can't think of anybody to keep these hidden gems safe better as we wait from month to month than Mr. Captain Coons from uh, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and uh, we're going to make sure that every once a month, he safely holds that gem until it's time to be delivered to us. So uh, go ahead, Greg. Tell us what this month's gem is, and, and we'll that, have that ready. That is very good. And Bruce will have that picture, which we're going to get sued from the people from Pulp Fiction. It's oh, okay. It's oh, a beautiful oh, picture. Hold on, Greg. Let me yeah. just grab. All right. There you <laughs> oh, go. Oh, there it goes. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> and thank you for using the Windex and the cleaner. Our gem of the month, courtesy of, I guess, moi, is this movie called Toto the Hero. It's a Belgian film. If you want to be fancy, you can call it Toto le Hero. And when I was, I, we're going to do a little thing on it. It's going to be, and there is, there's the thank you. Thank you for being prepared. Yeah, Eric Holmes to, is showing the total, the hero Blu-ray. You know what? I have no idea what they think of it. I have my own personal thoughts on the movie. All I can say is when I was 20 or 21 years old, that was my favorite film that year. It was very wistful and nostalgic and heartbreaking in many ways. So 
it'll be interesting to see the 21-year-old idealistic guy about romance versus the 50-year-old sad, lonely podcaster. And that's me. So I, I, I'm sorry for ending on a very depressing note. That's But total the hero. It'll be, that'll be our gem. Okay, so that is it. Uh, Bruce, I'm, I'm speaking for Bruce. I'm speaking for Eric. Thank you guys so much. For, am I speaking for, for you, Eric? Did you want to say something really quippy before you go? No, no I'm just, I'm just going to I'm just gonna put this uh, gem right back. For... Okay, yeah, for, for, for <laughs> another right. thing. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for the visual. We will see you guys next week here on this year Find Your Film Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. Take care.